Hello, hello, everyone. Amanda Grace here with you today. And today we are going to get into some very fascinating things prophetically that are going on right now. So welcome to everybody watching the United States and around the world and to our Ark of Grace team. Thank you for helping us do what we do for the Lord. Uh, it's always interesting to see who we see in chat coming up and we see people i've seen people from south africa pop up in chat new zealand australia hello to many of you in australia who are watching uh and so that's encouraging to know that you know we've got friends and neighbors in other countries uh that are joining along with us so i'm going to open up in prayer and i have a couple of announcements and we're going to get right into everything today i think i hear my husband in the background he has just come downstairs so you never know chris may make his cameo that you all know and love so i'll open up in prayer and then we will get up and toby toby has just arrived before prayer come here are you gonna come here he's like no he wants a snack you see when he does this and he pulls away from me that means i'm hungry he just got a churro by the way and no not a real one a doggy churro so basically he just got that upstairs so don't let him fool you he's fed very well toby you're gonna come over come on come here come to now he's running away see he's playing this game now all right toby you stay in here while mommy <laughs> opens, opens up in prayer oh you're doing your stretches that's so nice you're getting ready for prayer okay let's pray Father God, in the precious name of your son, Jesus Christ, we come before you. We praise you. You are almighty God. You are high and lifted up far above every power, principality, and might. We give you all the glory, honor, and praise due your precious, holy, matchless name. We humble ourselves before you this day, asking that the pull of the flesh becomes less in our lives, so you, your will, and your power become more in our lives. We acknowledge you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to the earth and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He was the Passover lamb, the sacrifice for our sins. He willingly came to the earth to die. He purchased us by the shedding of his blood. And when that blood dripped onto the mercy seat at Calvary, we were purchased. We were redeemed back to our father in heaven. He made an open show and spectacle of the enemy before all of creation. We praise you, Lord, that Jesus Christ rose again in three days as was prophesied, ascended back into heaven, took his victorious rightful place at the right hand of the Father where he has been ruling and reigning forevermore. And we honor that before you this day. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we invite your presence, the presence of Ruach Elohim, the spirit of the living God, and the presence of Ruach HaKadosh, the Holy Spirit, to fill this place, Lord, that the weight of your glory would fall, that the power of your presence would move and saturate the atmosphere, Lord, that you would lead and guide us in all wisdom, counsel, might, power, and the reverential fear of the Lord. By the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, by the spirit of the one true living God, may only the truth and power of almighty God with authority now come forth in Jesus' name. Father, we take authority in the name of Jesus Christ over every plot scheme, contract, assignment, weaponry, blueprint, attack, strategy, sabotage, hindrance, interference, violence, slander, intimidation, bullying, threat, and the like, we apply the blood of Jesus and command it be dismantled, destroyed, disabled, thwarted, disrupted, blocked, nullified, voided, their communication lines disrupted, bound up and cast back to the pits and the dry places in the areas, Lord, you have designated to be bound there in the name of Jesus Christ and not return or have anything sent in this place. Father, we ask that you would loose and dispatch your holy angels of all rankings and divisions and heavenly hosts to surround and protect us as we go forth, Father God. To, to, to dwell here, Father God, that your holiness would dwell here, Lord, as we go forth. Father, take all the glory for yourself. You are the potter. We are merely the clay. You are the author and finisher 
of our faith. We are vessels that you merely fill, Father God, and we give you all the glory, honor, and praise today in the name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach. Amen and amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Did Toby pray with us? Toby left during prayer. That wasn't very nice. Toby absolutely left during prayer. Well, maybe he'll come back in. So, a couple of announcements here. This coming weekend, Labor Day weekend, I am going to be in Warrior, Alabama, where Chris and I are going back. Gus is coming along also. <laughs> and we're going back to Warrior, Alabama. It is baptism weekend. I will be with Robin Bullock, his family, Timothy Dixon, and we're going to be doing water baptisms. Uh, in the morning on the 2nd of September. And we're doing an evening service then that starts at 6 p.m. And then we're all going to be in church for Sunday service. This may go on and on for hours with all of us there. So we're looking very forward to it. We hope to see many of you there. Uh, and we're excited, praise the Lord. Also, Israel, we're going in May. May 2024, the 1st to the 10th, this is the Pentecost tour. We're actually going to be in Israel on Pentecost, and I believe we're going to be doing a service. Dr. Ronnie Wexler and myself will be doing a, serv a service together. If you want to join us on this tour, uh, the information is on my bottom right corner. It might be your bottom left, but you can also go to arcofgrace.org forward slash events for all information on this, and you can sign up and come along with us. We absolutely loved the experience of Israel last time. We are looking very forward to going back. Uh, and shalom, shalom to our Jewish brothers and sisters out there. We are looking very forward to seeing you again soon. So that's all for our announcements. We are now going to show you some pics. So we just got back from Reawaken America in Las Vegas. Las Vegas, um, let me just tell you something. I saw some things I can't unsee. O-M-G. That's all I can say about this place. Restaurants. They have great restaurants. But there is total just... Um, it, it's an interesting atmosphere. Isn't it interesting? They put something called Sin City in a dry place in a desert. Did you ever think about that? That they put Sin City in a dry place. Shocker. But we had a wonderful time at Reawaken America and we got to pray over so many people. Uh, myself, Marty Grisham, Pastor Dave, his friend, and we're going to show you some shots now. So here we are praying over General Flynn. He actually carried my purse on stage, which is kind of funny. It's kind of a funny story. But there we are. There he is with my purse. He told me, can I have this? I need this for a moment. And he went up on stage. He goes, I promise I'll give it back. And there he goes out there with my purse. So that was a funny moment. This was opening prayer day one. Myself and Marty did it together. And there's Chris. He's there with us. So we did opening prayer day one. I know that's a, that's a, these these shots are amazing. I don't know these shots are being taken, by the way, because I'm so focused on prayer and what I'm doing that it's it's amazing to see these afterwards. So this is, I believe, this is us. Are we praying over people here. I think we are. Yes, we're pr actually praying in the crowd. Uh, we prayed over people so many times. Uh, you know, over the past uh, two days that we were there doing Reawaken America. So, yep, here we are again. There's Gus with me. Gus is like there just in case. He is there because uh, when some people get delivered, they drop to the ground. So uh, Gus is kind of there to help us along with that and to help us with Chris. He does an amazing job with Chris. Oh, wh what was the name of that little dog? That little dog was so precious. I prayed over that little dog. Oh, he was so cute. So cute. Boston Terrier. 
adorable. And here we are. Yep. Oh, yes. My, my husband, who thinks he's so funny, we went to breakfast and he decided to take the uh, the covering from the straw and put it on my head. And so he he just thinks he's such a jokester. Oh, that was my breakfast, by the way. Avocado toast on gluten free bread. So, yeah. Yes, I do eat that way. <laughs> I do like to eat that way. Yep. There we are. In the we were in one of the places for breakfast. They had this beautiful array uh, with trees and, and flowers and florals. There it is. And then this picture I did not know was taken. We were praying over Floyd Mayweather. And I did not know that someone who was with us, one of our staff, actually took this shot. So, and that's Pastor Bernadette Smith with us, who actually, her and her husband, Pastor Ian, uh, were one of the hosts of Reawaken America that we did in Michigan way back. It was one of the first few or so I think that we did. So she's with us praying for uh, Floyd Mayweather. Amazing boxer. He was up oh, there. We are with Tania Joy. Yep. That's a great picture. We took so many pictures. It, it, it was, it was great. So let's see what else we have here. Okay. Oh, this is yes. So this is the flyer for Trump Doral uh, in Miami that we're going to be at next in October. So the next reawaken America. Oh, is in October. Trump Doral. This is us with Laura Trump, general Flynn, the Antis brothers are there. Clay's there with his beautiful family wife, Vanessa, uh, and his daughter Havana and her, her little friend there who I got to meet, who, who was so, so sweet. And so we got to take a pic on stage and that was awesome. This is our booth. I have to commend our staff for doing such an amazing job on our booth. You know, Clay called me, I don't know what it was, maybe six months ago. And he's like, Amanda, you need to have a booth. So Clay got on me about this. We do have a booth. We probably will have one uh, at Miami Trump Doral. We're working on that. And so, but that booth was the way they did. It was amazing, amazing, amazing job. So that is, I think that's all our pictures that we have, but those are really amazing ones. Amazing, amazing pics that were took. Many times I don't know till after the fact, I have to tell you the line for prayer because prayer was announced uh, both days that myself, Marty Grisham, Pastor Dave, his friend were participating in. We had others that came to help as well. And the lines were immense for prayer. Uh, and the wonderful part about it is that we got to see people delivered right there, healed, set free. It, it was amazing uh, to see people break free of bondages that had been keeping them for years and years and years uh, just from moving forward in the Lord. We actually had a gentleman we prayed over who had Parkinson's, okay, was fighting Parkinson's, and he came in in a walker when we prayed over him and I, you know, I have to say, you know, he was in, he was in a bit of rough shape there and I felt very bad about that, but we prayed over him and we rebuked it in Jesus name. His wife came to find us screaming the next day because he walked in without a walker or anything. He actually walked into the event without a walker. There she is. She came to find us on day two because she was so excited and thrilled. And so we praise God for that. We give God all the glory for that. God is just amazing. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's our healer. So that was something uh, amazing to take part in. So yeah. So hope to see many of you in Miami. It's coming up in October and 
well, we'll see you there. And we'll, we'll sh I'm sure we will keep announcing uh, until until the time comes in October that we have to be in Miami for Reawaken America. All right, so let's get into today now. Today, we have an interesting set of topics. So I'm going to create with you more of a timeline. Um, and I think we already have some of these pictures, like the eclipse and other things already uh, in our in our uh, repertoire of pics that we have. But I'm, I'm creating for you a timeline to show you how this is progressing. Okay, so I've been working on this. I've been praying about this. I shared some of it at Reawaken America. When we get that footage of, of me going on and speaking about this, we will post it. Uh, but this is a more involved one. So as the days went on, uh, there was more added to this. So let us begin, okay? Thank you, Lord. So March 27th, 2023, Nashville. School shooting occurs, right? Horrific, horrific, horrific demonic act. It's at a Christian school, and the school's name is Covenant. This was the prophetic warning that the covenant was about to go under full-blown attack, that the covenant in this nation was about to come under one of the fiercest attacks it ever has. So that was the precursor, the warning, okay? Now, we're going to go to March 30th in a second, but when you look at what happened and then you look at what was about to come on March 30th. We're going to do this first. So Trump was the 45th president. He is running to be the 47th president. Four plus five is nine. Four plus seven is 11. Nine, one, one. A full-blown emergency in this nation. So this is how this was shaping up. Now, the Lord had given that to me. Bef uh, I think he had given that to me right after I'll double check this, but it was not long after the school shooting in April that the Lord had given that to me. So why is this important? Because on March 30th, three days after the Nashville school shooting of Covenant, Trump is indicted for the first time. That was when the first indictment comes down, March 30th, 2023, sending a clear message to the nation that the people will be punished for not only voting their conscience, but the people will be punished because they want freedom and liberty, which is freedom with responsibility. So the people are coming under indictment as well. They are trying to bring the full weight of the federal government down on this man and his family. And they are trying to bring it down on the people as well. This is the, yes, this is about uh, President Trump, but this is also about the people and indicting the people, okay, in this nation who want this nation free. So June 8th, 2023, he is indicted a second time. Trump is indicted a second time in a month filled with pride because they call June Pride Month. Let's let's talk about what happened in, in the month of June for a moment. Joe Biden falls on stage at the beginning of June. In a month filled with pride, he falls for the second year in a row. Last year in June, in a month filled with pride, he fell at Rehoboth Beach in Delaware off of his bike. So this is the second year in a row in a month filled with pride, 
he falls. Okay, and that's at the beginning of June. On the 8th of June is the indictment. Now, 10 days later, something fascinating happens. Horrible, but fascinating. June 18th, 2023, the Ocean Gate sub implodes. Why does it implode? Because it was an unstable vessel attempting to push its limits and dive down to the Titanic. An unstable vessel determined to align with what is already sunk in deep waters. Just let that sink in for a moment. An unstable vessel determined to align with what is already sunk in deep waters. That is what we're looking at, what the corrupt are doing in this nation. They are an unstable vessel right now, determined to align with what is already sunk in deep waters, with what, with, with the darkness, with the things not of God, attempting to, and pushing the limits to align with that. Okay, now. What just happened that connects in a way to this, but especially to the Covenant School shooting? Okay, we're going to put the article up and I'm going to show you what happened recently. Okay. All right. So University, North Carolina, Chapel Hill. All right. This was Tuesday, August 29th that this article was written. The suspect in the fatal shooting of a faculty member at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill on Monday is a graduate student at the school. So the UNC police say uh, said in a news release Tuesday, and his name is Telai uh, Key, uh, Key uh, the, gra- the grad student. He was the one charged with murdering his professor. Okay, now. When you read further in the article, you find out something very interesting that the student that did this or the student, because um, I think there's more to this than meets the eye, uh, was a grad student. um, And then they said when they when they looked back into his history that the shooter um, entered the school in 2022 and listed his previous education as Louisiana State University and Wuhan University. So here comes Wuhan back into the forefront in association with Chapel Hill. Now, why is this important? I'm going to point a few things out here. Number one, the shooting occurred at Chapel Hill. So you have Covenant in March, the Covenant shooting in March, and now you have a Chapel Hill shooting in August. Definition of the word chapel. Chapel is a Christian place of prayer and worship that is usually relatively small. First, Covenant is under attack, and now a place of prayer is under attack. This is what they're doing. This is how they hide these things. And so we're going to methodically go along here to show you how it all connects. So first covenant is under attack and now Chapel Hill, a place of prayer is under attack by somebody connected to Wuhan. 
who went to Wuhan University. Where was the lab? In Wuhan. Okay. So they want to bring our covenant and our prayer, which is talking to our Lord, our relationship with him, under complete attack and destroy it. This is the symbolism here in what has happened. First, the covenant's attacked, then prayer is attacked. The relationship with God is attacked. Okay, number two, the shooter went to Wuhan University as a part of their previous education. Isn't it interesting that in August here, right before the High Holy Days, two months before the holiest day of the year on the Jewish calendar, which is Yom Kippur, uh, at the beginning of October, that name Wuhan comes back into the media, is slipped in in association with Chapel Hill. This is the warning, I'm telling you right now, of attempted shutdowns and lockdowns. This is the warning right here that that very name appeared back in association with an attack. This is the warning right now of the bearing down on the people like Pharaoh bore down on the Jews. The more he did that, though, the more they prospered with attempted shutdowns and lockdowns. I'm going to tell you something, though. However, the people will rise up this time. They will. They will rise up. This is not going to go as they've planned. This is not going as they've planned so far. So in a sloppy attempt, using the word sloppy here, they're going to do this. And the fact Wuhan has appeared now is your warning. Okay, this is how I'm seeing this. This is how I've been, I've been methodically, prayerfully putting this together. Now, let's go on. Let's go on. So Jeremiah chapter 32. We're going to take a look at that for a minute. Because we also have to look at this because the timing of everything happening in this year is impeccable. So it says, the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the 10th year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, which was the 18th year of Nebuchadnezzar. Now at that time, the army of the king of Babylon was besieging Jerusalem and Jeremiah the prophet was imprisoned in the courtyard of the guard, which was at the house of the king of Judah. Because Zedekiah, king of Judah, has imprisoned him, has, had imprisoned him saying, and basically he imprisoned him because Jeremiah was prophesying truth from God and was speaking truth amidst corruption. He was speaking truth. He wasn't backing Zedekiah. He wasn't saying Zedekiah was going to be victorious against the king of Babylon. He wasn't upholding the name of Zedekiah. He was speaking the truth of God in that hour. And Zedekiah didn't like it. You know why? Because it began to strip the varnish off of Zedekiah's facade because he was uh, a very corrupt king. Zedekiah was not squeaky clean here. Okay, he definitely was uh, a more, you know, rebellious uh, king. So, Jeremiah 32. In the 10th year of Zedekiah, they attempted to lock up Jeremiah for speaking truth amidst corruption. And the Lord says to me, what year is it that Joe Biden is in high office? And I thought, well, 
He did eight years as VP under Obama. And now we are in his second year, in the middle of it, as the stand-in president, which is 10 years. This is the 10th year Joe Biden has served in high office. In the 10th year of Joe Biden, they are attempting to put Donald Trump in prison. In the 10th year of King Zedekiah, they put Jeremiah in prison. This is no coincidence. No coincidence. And you know what? Zedekiah didn't heed the warning and he fell to Nebuchadnezzar, was stripped of his kingship. And you know what happened to Jeremiah ultimately? He was freed and sent back to his land. That's what happened for Jeremiah, ultimately speaking the truth. He was freed and sent back to his land. Now, let's go on here. So we are looking at, uh, in this uh, Manhattan criminal case for Trump, they have set the date for March 25th, 2024. Guess when Purim 2024 is? March 23rd to Sunday, March 24th. This trial is set literally for the day after Purim. My jaw dropped when I saw this. Purim, Book of Esther, Haman, who came from the line of the Amalekites because Saul didn't listen. He was birthed through that line that was allowed to survive. Haman tries to destroy Mordecai. Why did he try to destroy Mordecai? Because Mordecai wouldn't bow. Mordecai saw that Haman wanted to usurp the king ultimately and have everybody view him as king. Mordecai saw what Haman was doing and he wouldn't bow. So Haman set out to not only destroy Mordecai, but his entire people by utilizing the king and manipulating the king to make decrees for their destruction. So Haman manipulates the king to put forth decrees to destroy Mordecai and Esther and their people. Instead of this happening, the Lord caused a divine reversal of Haman's plot upon his own head. Haman was hung on the gallows and Mordecai, Esther, and their people were delivered. The Lord intervened. There was a divine reversal and they were delivered, but it was brought down to the wire. It was brought down to the wire. And when Esther had fasted for three days, three nights with, with, with their people, and went before the king unannounced. And she gained favor with the king because God's hand was in it. And she invited the king and Haman to a banquet. That was the Lord beginning to prepare a table before her and her people literally in the presence of her enemies. That was it right there. So the fact that this is set. For March 25th, I don't think is any accident. They're trying to set it for the day of destruction. And this is a very pivotal time on the Jewish calendar. More pivotal than in times past will be this Purim. Now, like I had said earlier, this is an indictment against the American people as well who voted their conscience in 2016 
um, who don't want to forsake the covenant, who don't want complete corruptness ruling the land, who want freedom and liberty, and they don't want to submit to global communism and slavery. Okay. They truly want to enslave you in every sense of the word. That is their end goal. That is the end goal of Satan himself also, to enslave people in every sense of the word. Now, interestingly enough, I found out something over the weekend. I think it was over the weekend or, or, or like Monday, around Monday. Another federal court case, so the, a federal court case for the election has been set for the beginning of March. A judge on Monday said a March 4th, 2024 trial date for Donald Trump in the federal case in Washington, charging the former president with trying to overturn the results of the 2020 election, rejecting a defense request to push back the case by years. So we have the election case set for the beginning of March. We have the New York case set for towards the end of March. Both these cases are set in the month that Purim occurs. This is what's so fascinating. They have set two trials for the same month, the month that is Purim. This is no accident. What did they do when it came to, what did, what did Haman convince the king to, to do? Set a day for the destruction of the people of God. Cast lots for the day. You're going to hear that term, casting lots, in the middle of all this. That term, it, you're going to hear, you're going to see it come up. You're going to see it casting lots because that's what they did. And that's what they're trying to do here. Two trials in the same month that Purim resides, towards the beginning and towards the end. Now, Passover or Pesach 2024 occurs April 22nd to April 30th. This is where it gets even more interesting. Four days after Passover ends, the trial begins. So not only have they set these two trials in the month of March, which is the month of Purim, they have set the federal election case for four days after Passover ends. Passover, where God's people were delivered from the bondage and slavery of Egypt and Pharaoh, where God broke the superpower of the world, where he delivered them out of the hands of Pharaoh, where he brought them to the Red Sea, parted that sea, baited Pharaoh in, thinking Baal had delivered the Jews into his hand and delivered the Jews and destroyed the Egyptian nation and their army. Four days after, this is no accident. None of this is no accident. So we need to be in prayer. We need to be seeking the Lord. We need to be watching this unfold because the way this is unfolding is no coincidence. Now, we've got four days after Passover, the federal election case begins. One day after Purim, the New York case begins. Four plus one equals five. Five has to do with God's grace, mercy, and favor. Now, sometimes it doesn't set up to look that way. Sometimes it doesn't initially look that way. But the way God works it out, that is the end result of it. So we are seeing uh, a setup here 
for the incredible to occur and for God's deliverance to occur the way God has deemed fit. This is what we're setting up for here. Also keep in mind, in the middle of all of this, that next year begins the year of the dragon for China. This is all occurring within the same year. All of this, uh, the, the, the election, the trials with Trump, and the year of the dragon for China. This is like a spiritual trifecta of epic proportions. Uh, and so watch China uh, in the year 2024, especially. Watch them. Watch what happens to them. Watch what they get imp implicated in. Watch the Lord raise his hand against them for what they are trying to do to the Bible as well. And change the words purposely in the Bible. Watch what happens. Watch the dragon turn on itself. That just came out real time, praise God. Watch the dragon turn on itself. So we have to keep in mind with all of this, right, that we are going to enter a very difficult time before deliverance occurs. There's going to be pressure. It may get a little chaotic, may get a little bumpy. We may feel some turbulence. And it happened to the Jews when Pharaoh bared down on them and the people and, and, and cried out to the Lord for deliverance. He was attempting to completely crush them. And the people cried out to God for deliverance and God heard their cries. Now, at the same time, all of this is happening, same year. Keep in mind, we're going 2023 into 2024. There are signs in the heavenlies occurring in the middle of all of this. The election year, the trials, the year of the dragon, you know, what we saw shaping up with Covenant and Chapel Hill. There are signs in the heavenlies we need to pay close attention to in the middle of all this. Over a seven-year period, three eclipses will occur. The first one was August 21st, 2017. Uh, the year Trump took office, it was called the Great American Eclipse. October 14th, 2023 is the annular eclipse. Okay? So that's the annular eclipse. April 8th, 2024, two weeks before Passover a total eclipse will be seen over all of North America. Seven years after the last total eclipse and in an election year. Seven years separates between the last eclipse that occurred, the total one, when Trump took office, and this eclipse that is happening, another total eclipse in an election year. If you overlay the annual eclipse with the two total eclipses, it creates the Hebrew letter Aleph. There it is. That is the Hebrew letter Aleph, meaning a master who teaches the wondrous creator of the universe. There it is. That's the Hebrew letter Aleph right there. A general or champion. What does a general do? 
They give strategies to win and be victorious in battle. They lead the mission. That's what a general does. So don't tell me the Lord thy God is not doing something incredible across this nation and setting up for it when we see all of these things colliding within the same year. All of this, the odds of all of this colliding in the same year are immense. And here we find ourselves with all of it coming together in some sort of divine order. The Lord is our general. He's championing the cause of this nation. He's retrieving a sunken axe. He's retrieving a sunken axe. That's what he's doing. April 8th, 2021, two and a half years ago. And says the spirit of the Lord this day, it is minutes to midnight where past and present presidents shall be judged. That was two and a half years ago that this word was given. Almost two and a half years ago. It is minutes to midnight where past and present presidents shall be judged. The Lord was warning of all of this two, almost two and a half years ago. And this not only has to do with uh, the current stand-in president, this not only has to do with Trump, this has to do with past presidents as well, that in this time are going to be judged. In this time are going to be judged. Now, I'm going to take you over to the account of Joseph for a moment in the year 5784. 5784 begins this September on the Hebrew calendar uh, during Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of Trumpets. That's when 5784 begins, and we're going to talk about 5784 in a moment. But Joseph finds himself in Egypt, and we're going to get into why, and is accused of a fabricated crime. He's accused of a crime he didn't commit. He was there with Potiphar's wife. He didn't commit the assault she accused him of. In fact, she accused him of assault because he wouldn't bow and sleep with her. He wouldn't submit. And for that, she accused him of the very thing that she asked him to do that he didn't do. So the very thing she really wanted, she manipulated and accused him of doing when he didn't do it. The year 5784 has to do with the year of doors opening for Joseph, the prison doors. After doing and doing some digging and research and things of that nature, this is what I was able to find on this. Now, if we go to Genesis chapter 37, verses 19 through 25, I'm going to read to you what happened here. Because there's a correlation here between Joseph in the book of Judges as well and what's going on now in this time with Judges. And so I'm going to read Genesis chapter 37, verses 19 through 25. When they saw him from a distance, they're talking about Joseph. So when Joseph's brothers saw him from a distance and before he came close to them, they plotted against him to put him to death. Before he came close to them, they plotted against him to put him to death. 
they said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Now then come and let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. And we will say a wild beast devoured him. Then let us see what will become of his dreams. Because they were jealous. But Reuben, Reuben's the I believe Reuben's the firstborn, heard this and rescued him, Joseph, out of their hands and said, let us not take his life. Reuben further said to them, shed no blood, throw him into this pit that is in the wilderness. Throw him into a pit in the wilderness. But do not lay hands on him that he might rescue him out of their hands. So Reuben was determined to rescue Joseph. Now, the symbolism is interesting here because Reuben had some unsavory characteristics, yet he was determined to deliver Joseph from their hands in the same way Pilate had unsavory characteristics and was determined to deliver Jesus from the people's hands. There's a lot of symbolism here. Okay. And Reuben, was, his intent was to restore him to his father. So to restore Joseph to his father. Verse 23. So it came about when Joseph reached his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic. They stripped him of his standing. The very colored tunic that was on him. And they took him and threw him into the pit. Now the pit was empty without any water in it. Verse 25, then they sat down to eat a meal. And as they raised their eyes and looked, behold, a caravan of Ishmaelites was coming from Gilead with their camels bearing aromatic gum and balm and myrrh. And on their way to bring them to Egypt, Judah said to his brothers, so Reuben is not there at the moment, okay? Judah says to his brothers, what profit is it for us to kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come and let us sell him. Judah, Judas, come and let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay our hand on him. For he is our brother and our own flesh and his brothers listened to him. Then some Midianite traders passed by. So they pulled him up and lifted Joseph out of the pit and sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. 10 less than Jesus was sold for. Thus they brought Joseph into Egypt. Now, the Midianites who bought Joseph tried to enslave who was anointed by God to lead. Fast forward to the book of Judges. Because this is all connected. Now, we're going to fast forward to the book of Judges in a minute. I want to get into, for a moment, the actual crime he was committed of doing that he didn't do. So in Genesis chapter 39, verses 6 through 23. Now, Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. It came about after these events that his master's wife looked with desire at Joseph. And she said, lie with me. But he refused. Excuse me, and said to his master's wife, Behold, with me here, my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has put all that he owns in my charge. There is no one greater in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do this great evil and sin against God? As she spoke to Joseph 
day after day, she's trying to whittle him down. She's trying to weaken him. She's trying to get him to comply to something that is egregious to God. He did not listen to her to lie beside her or be with her. Now, it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work and none of the men of the household was there inside. She caught him by his garment saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. So literally get away from her. He like took his, he like ripped his garment off of him, left it in her hand and took off. She called to the men of her household and said to them, see, he has brought in a Hebrew to us to make sport of us. So she's lying here because he really didn't make sport of her. She was humiliated because he would not do what she wanted him to do. So now she spins the story to make sport of us. He came into me to lie with me. So there's the deflection right there. She's accusing him of the very thing she did. She wanted him to lie with her. She's accusing him of the very thing she did. And she says, and I screamed when he heard that I raised my voice and screamed. He left his garment beside me and fled and went outside. So she left his garment beside her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with these words. The Hebrew slave whom you brought to us came into me to make sport of me. And as I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. That is an absolute lie and fabrication of a crime. Joseph was there. He was actually fighting not to do what she asked and fled to get away from it. So Joseph is accused of a crime he did not commit, has a woman in the occult, because what they're practicing in Egypt in that time is witchcraft, it's of the occult, it's pagan. So a witch, a witch retaliates because he would not submit to the sin she wanted him to commit. He would not submit to the manipulation. He would not submit to the advances. He would not submit to this egregious act against God and his master of the house, Potiphar. So what happens is, verse 19, now when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spoke to him saying, this is what your slave did to me, his anger burned. So Joseph's master took him and put him in the jail, the place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the jail. Now, Potiphar knew what his wife was. This is not the first time she had done this. I'm telling you by this pattern, this is not the first time. He knew, and he was more humiliated than anything else, and that's why he takes Joseph and puts him in jail. But the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail so that whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. The chief jailer did not su supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made to prosper. Now, it's an interesting parallel here coming into the year 5784 and the prison doors opening for Joseph because Joseph is being redeemed and set free from crime. He was accused that he didn't commit. So if you look at Joseph, because we have to go back to the Midianites, 
And we have to connect it to the book of Judges because the Midianites bought Joseph. And there's a seven-year period. And we're going to connect that back to the eclipses. So just follow me here. So Joseph and the book of Judges are connected by the Midianites. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers, his own, to Midianite traders. And it is the Midianites later on in the book of Judges who bear down on the people to suppress them, put them in bondage, strip them of their livestock, of their harvest, and leave them with no hope. They did this for seven years. The time between the great American eclipse happening when Donald Trump took office and this eclipse that is occurring in April of 2024 is seven years. Seven years. Okay. Judges chapter six, verses one through 10. Then the sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord gave them into the hands of Midian seven years. The power of Midian prevailed against Israel because of Midian, the sons of Israel made for themselves the dens which were in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. For it was when Israel had sown that the Midianites would come up with the Amalekites and the sons of the east and go against them. Verse four, so they would camp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza. What are they attempting to do in our nation right now? Destroy produce, uh, blow up facilities, uh, cause shortages. So they were produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance in Israel, as well as no sheep, ox, or donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents. They would come in like locusts for number. Both they and their camels were innumerable, and they came into the land to devastate it. So Israel was brought very low because of Midian, and the sons of Israel cried to the Lord. Verse 7. Now it came about when the sons of Israel cried to the Lord on account of Midian that the Lord sent a prophet to the sons of Israel. And he said to them, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, it was I who brought you up from Egypt and brought you out from the house of slavery. I delivered you from the hands of the Egyptians and from the hands of all your oppressors and dispossessed them because you, uh, because of before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, I am the Lord, your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live, but you have not obeyed me. That is a strong statement right there. The Lord is saying, this is why Midian has been allowed to ravage them. The Lord through a prophet is giving the word right here. It was I who brought you up out of Egypt. Now, if you look at it for America, thus says the Lord God, it was I who brought you up from England and brought you out of the house of slavery because the English were domineering over us at the time. The imperialist regime. I delivered you from the hands of the English and from the hands of all your oppressors and dispossessed them before you and gave you their land. And I said to you, 
I am the Lord your God. You shall not fear the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. You shall not fear the gods of those in which land you live, but you have not obeyed me. I just find that interesting. If you look at this, it could mirror what's going on in America. That's why I read it that way. I was just trying to show you and prove a point. Now, Judges chapter 7, verses 9 through 23. And yes, we the Lord delivered us out of the hands of an imperialist regime to free this nation that God may be freely worshipped in this nation. One nation under God, that it would be a Christian nation. God delivered us from the hands of England for that purpose. And instead, we started to walk it backwards. That's what happened. We started to walk right backwards towards slavery. Judges chapter 7, verses 9 through 23. Now the same night it came about that the Lord said to him, Arise, go down against the camp, for I have given it into your hands. But if you are afraid to go down, go with Pura, your servant, down to the camp. And you will hear what they say, and afterward your hands will be strengthened that you may go down against the camp. So he went with Pura, his servant, down to the outpost of the army that was in the camp. Now the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the sons of the east were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts, and their camels were without number, as numerous as the sand on the seashore. It's about 147,000 of them, I believe. When Gideon came, behold, a man was relating a dream to his friend. And he said, behold, I had a dream. A loaf of barley bread was tumbling into the camp of Midian. And it came to the tent and struck it so that it fell and turned it upside down so that the tent lay flat. His friend replied, this is nothing less than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God has given Midian and all the camp into his hand. Verse 15, when Gideon heard the account of the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord has given the camp of Midian into your hands. He divided the 300 men into three companies, 100 each. He put trumpets and empty pitchers into the hands of all of them with torches inside the pitchers. He said to them, Look at me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outskirts of the camp, do as I do. When I and all who are with me blow the trumpet, then you also blow the trumpets all around the camp and say, for the Lord and for Gideon. Verse 19. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outskirts of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch when they had just posted the watch and they blew the trumpets and smashed the pitchers that were in their hands. When the three companies blew the trumpets and broke the pitchers, they held the torches in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands for blowing and cried a sword for the Lord and a sword for Gideon. Each stood in his place around the camp and all the army ran crying out as they fled. When they blew 300 trumpets, the Lord set the sword of one against another, even throughout the whole army. And the army fled as far as Beth Shita toward Zerera, as far as the edge of Abel Mehola by Tabith. The men of Israel were summoned from Naphtali and Asher and all Manasseh, and they pursued Midian. Now, it was November of 2020. 
at approximately 4.17 in the afternoon that I heard the Lord. I heard him. And he said to me, this was after the election, there is a barley loaf headed for their camp. What did the barley represent in that dream? Everything they had stolen for seven years. Everything that had been taken, all the resources, uh, all the all the bondage, all the the harvest, all the livestock, everything they have stolen and taken and ravaged was now coming back to destroy them. It was going to be the wage for their sin. And I heard it in November of 2020. There is a barley loaf headed for their camp. Everything they have stolen, everything they have taken, everything they have willfully and defiantly against God tried to strip the people of because of whom they serve is coming for them, is coming to destroy their tent, their covering. And so the seven years that the Midianites did this and the seven years between these total eclipses, 2017, the year Trump took office, and now April of 2024, the year of the election, is no coincidence. I will tell you also that the Midianites were pagan people that wanted to destroy Israel. They tried to destroy the plans God had through the line of Joseph. The plans God had through that line to save the people from famine. The Midianites were brought in to try to disrupt that plan. And instead the Lord was with Joseph and Joseph found himself in Potiphar's house and then finds himself in the prison, accused of a crime he never committed, being accused of the very thing they were doing. And then lifted out of the prison because famine was coming. A famine was hitting the land and being lifted out of that prison because Pharaoh has a dream nobody else can interpret and being placed before Pharaoh by God to speak the word of the Lord and to be elevated back into a position that God had ordained for Joseph to fill for a time to save Egypt and Israel from famine. This is what we're looking at right now. This is it right here. Praise the Lord. Now, I'm also going to give you Isaiah 1, 21 through 31. I want you to write this down. Isaiah chapter 1, verses 21 through 31 for this time and for this season. How the faithful city has become a harlot. It was full of justice righteousness lodged in it but now murderers your silver has become dross your wine mixed with water your princes are rebellious and companions of thieves everyone loves bribes and follows after rewards they do not defend the fatherless nor does the cause of the widow come before them therefore the lord says the lord of hosts the mighty one of israel Ah, I will rid myself of my adversaries and take vengeance on my enemies. I will turn my hand against you and thoroughly purge away your dross and take away all your alloy. I will restore your judges 
I will restore your judges as at the first and your counselors as at the beginning. Afterwards, you shall be called the city of righteousness, the faithful city. Zion shall be redeemed with justice and her penitence with righteousness. The destruction of transgressors and of sinners shall be together. And those who forsake the Lord shall be consumed for they shall be ashamed of the terebinth trees which you have desired and you shall be embarrassed because of the gardens which you have chosen for you shall be as a terebinth whose leaf fades and as a garden that has no water the strong shall be as tinder and the work of it as a spark both will burn together and no one shall quench them that is a word for this time that is a word for this time i'm going to tell you also something else interesting about Joseph. What got Joseph in trouble is that he was a little too boastful. He was a little too throwing in the face of his brothers, his dreams. He was a little too brazen and it opened the door. So this time, the second time when Joseph was lifted out of prison, the Lord required humility and complete servitude to him for Joseph to lead. I want you to remember that. That is a prophetic word right there. The Lord will lift up those right now who fully submit to him in all humility and are dedicated to leading with the vision that God gives. I'm also going to read Psalm 2, which coincides with Isaiah 1. They are both for this time. They are both connected. And this is what Psalm 2 says. Why are the nations in an uproar and the people devising a vain thing? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us tear their fetters apart and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord scoffs at them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrifying them in his fury, saying, but as for me, I have installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will surely tell of the decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Verse eight, ask of me and I will surely give the nations as your inheritance and the very ends of the earth is your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall shatter them like earthenware. Now, therefore, O kings, show discernment. Take warning, O judges of the earth. Worship the Lord with reverence and rejoice with trembling. Do homage to the son that he not become angry and you perish in the way. For his wrath may soon be kindled. How blessed are all who take refuge in him. That is also a word for this time. So we have Isaiah 1, 21 through 31, and Psalm 2. And they are very much connected. Praise the Lord. I feel the presence of the Lord all over this. I feel the presence of the Lord all over this. Oh my goodness gracious. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I know there's going to be a part two to this. I know it's either going to be a word or it's going to be in this format again, because the Lord has been giving me this format a lot lately. So I pray 
you got something out of this that you could take to the Lord, that you could test the spirit, that you can watch and pray into this in this hour. We as the people of God are supposed to pray into the vein of a situation. We're supposed to prophesy to these dry bones that they may live. Prophesy into the dryness of the nation that it may live right now. That's what the Lord wants you to do. Prophesy into it that the dryness in this nation will not overtake it, but this nation and its covenant and its people, the people of God and the people who love freedom and liberty and want to see this nation prosper will live. It's not make America great again first, although that's a very catchy slogan. It should be make America godly again first. And that will make America great. Make America godly again. And that will make this nation great. There is your word right there. All glory be to God. Oh, praise the Lord. God bless everyone. Keep the faith. We love you. We're praying for you. Armor up according to Ephesians chapter 6, Psalm 91, every single day. Speak it right now in this hour. Activate it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. I know I've been talking about the Lord's Prayer too. I say, I've started saying that every day. I'm also going to encourage you guys to take communion. To take communion with the Lord. Honor what he did with his son. Honor that before him. That will draw you closer to him also. And keep the faith in this hour. Don't lose hope. We don't serve a hopeless God. We serve a God who sits on the highest throne of righteousness, who holds the earth and every element of it in his hands. Know that in this season. And be anchored in the Lord in this season. So when we see things get really bumpy, we are prospering. We are covered. We may see the shaking, but we're moving forward and being the mouthpieces of the Lord and the trumpets on the earth in this hour. All glory be to God. God bless everyone. We'll announce when we're coming back on. I believe we're coming back on next week. So we will announce when we're coming back on. And I'll see you who are going to be in Warrior, Alabama. I am fired up and we're looking so forward to coming down there. Have a good day, everyone. And I have to tell you something, they work. It is an alternative to big pharma based on quantum physics, over 40 scripture verses written into these patches for everything from blood sugar, anxiety, pain, neuropathy, to immune system boost, dog pain. They are very sincere about um, having alternatives to big pharma. We are a big advocate of natural solutions to help with pain and, and, and blood sugar and a host of other issues. I yeah. tried the pain patches and, yeah. and they worked when I used them. When you connect it to your body, the skin patch changes changes your brainwaves. Sugar, this one is neuropathy. I actually have it on. And we use this on Toby, actually, because Toby's about eight years old. And from being paralyzed years ago and the Lord miraculously healing him, he has a little leftover with his joints and his hips. So we actually give him the doggy pain patches. What was he doing? He was running? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I walked him out. And wow, he's boom. And he got power. I said, no way. And I don't know. I said, Amanda, what? What did you do to him? To <laughs> <laughs> so it's good.
If you are looking for an excellent doctor, if you are looking to get healthier, if you are looking to understand why the things in your body operate the way they do, go to Sherwood.tv forward slash Amanda Grace. Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood of the Functional Medical Institute in Tulsa, Oklahoma are there to help you with all of your medical needs. In fact, I am a patient of the Functional Medical Institute and God bless Dr. Sherwood because Chris was a tough nut to crack on this. But after over a year and a half, Chris is finally on board. He is a patient of Dr. Sherwood's and him listening and, and implementing what Dr. Sherwood has taught him has made a difference in his life. So if you are interested and curious as to what they do, if you'd like to make an appointment, if you'd like to see what products they have, because they have some amazing products, go to Sherwood.tv forward slash Amanda Grace. Thank you. You want to support an amazing patriot that's doing so much for our country and be a blessing. You can go to MyPillow.com and use promo code ARK, A-R-K, to save up to 66% or sometimes more off of all my pillow products. They are so much more than just pillows. They have amazing bathrobes, they have sheets, they have slippers, they of course have pillows, and they even have dog beds. And I will tell you a fun fact, Noble, our pig at the Animal Sanctuary that many of you know and love, has indeed slept on a MyPillow dog bed. So if you'd like to be a blessing, go to MyPillow.com and use promo code ARK. God bless everyone. If you are looking for advice on financial matters, if you think gold and silver is something that you should invest in, go to bh-pm.com today. Andrew Sorcini of Beverly Hills Precious Metals, who's been on Ark of Grace many times, he loves to answer our viewer questions. In fact, he's answered all sorts of questions about gold, silver, the markets, even the real estate market he's been kind enough to answer questions about. So if you would like more information, if this is something you would like to invest in, please go to bh-pm.com today. That is bh-pm.com. Hello, everyone. It's Amanda Grace. I'm here to talk to you today about this incredible product that I use every day called Power Team. It is 130 raw superfoods. And I have to tell you, it is one of the most amazing products I have ever used. I take it every day. It helps me with energy. It helps feed my cells at the cellular level. It helps me with clarity and focus. It helps with so many things and functions in your body, including your gut as well. So if you would like to learn more about this product, if you would like to learn the 130 raw superfoods that are in this product, please go to the link below or you could go to arcofgrace-ministries.com and go to our shop section and you will find Power Team there as well. Thank you, everyone. If you would like to grow your own food with what we see going on right now in the world with not only food supplies, but what they are doing to our food, you can go to amandagracegrows.com. These are amazing hydroponic growers. In fact, we have one in our parrot room, and this is an indoor one we have where you can grow food all year round, actually. Vegetables all year round. And we are doing that, actually, for our birds and our animals at our sanctuary they also have outdoor ones they actually yield 30 percent more and grow the vegetables three times faster so if you would like to learn more go to amandagracegrows.com god bless
Hello everyone, it's Amanda Grace. I'm here to talk to you today about Reawaken America. I have had the honoring and humbling privilege of being able to be part of Reawaken America since the first one was had at Rima Bible College in Tulsa, Oklahoma in April of 2021. I have watched so many moments happen for the glory of God at Reawaken America. We have seen people healed, delivered, set free. We love to pray for people at Reawaken America. We have had the honor of praying alongside some amazing people. Uh, Marty Grisham from Loudmouth Prayer, Pastor Todd Coconato, who also deals in deliverance. And we have seen people's lives changed. We have seen them set free. We have seen people who are come seeking and the Lord says, when you seek, you shall find, and you knock, the door shall be opened unto you. They have been seeking, and those seeds get planted for the glory of God at Reawaken America. The Word of God says it is the knowledge of the truth that shall set you free. And this is what we are doing at Reawaken America. You get biblical truth. You get a foundation of the Word of God. And you also get necessary information right now to help you understand what is going on in America and the world. And I am humbled and honored that General Flynn and Clay Clark would even let me be a part of this. And people need the word of the Lord in this hour. That is what they need. They need those who are willing to boldly stand up and with the conviction and the authority from God speak the word of the Lord into their lives. It is a catalyst. It is life changing. And, and we praise the Lord that we have continued in this. And we hope to see you at upcoming events that are happening this year. We hope we get to pray over you at these upcoming events.